Welcome to the Men and Hoodies Podcast, where we take you on an excursion through everything in the sports world. Trending news, hot conversations, heated debates, and unlike shows such as First Take and Undisputed, things that you, the listeners, actually want to hear. Let's now go to your hosts, the man that the water shows, Brent Lyons, the OG, Roman Cleary, hey, that's me, and of course, the always jubilant, Jake Stoop. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in to the Men in Hoodies podcast. Thank you for joining us on the episode today. It is past 9 o'clock on Sunday night, so it's a late episode for you guys. But it is fantasy football draft season, one of the best times of the year. We're going to get into some of the biggest busts and breakouts so you can be prepared for your fantasy draft, as well as our predictions for the AFC East, what most believe is the best division in the NFL, Dolphins, Patriots, Bills, and Jets. But of course, before we get into all of that, if you want to listen to a specific part of the episode, check out the timestamps in the description of the podcast for that information. Also, check out our AFC North predictions from last week, filled with a lot of things. We went over our predictions for the Ravens, Bengals, Steelers, and Browns. And always go check out the Men in Hoodies Instagram at men.in.hoodies, as well as on threads. But as I mentioned earlier, the fantasy football draft season is upon us. And if you're like the guys on this podcast, we drafted back in June, but if you have not drafted yet, you are, you are not late to the game. We've got just under a month before we see the Lions travel to Arrowhead to take on the Chiefs. Before we get into it, our biggest bust and our biggest breakout, we all have a lead together, all right? It's the Money League. We've been doing it for three years now, but this year we added Roman Cleary. Roman, it's your first year in the, in the league, 14 teams. How are you feeling about your squad so far? Uh, feeling very good. Uh, the ESPN app doesn't like it very much, but I, I really don't care. <laughs> I think I got a good team together. Uh, I took a chance on a few guys in the draft that I really think are going to hit. And I think my projected win total is going to be much higher at the end of the season than it is right now. What is it currently? Uh, right now, the app is putting me as the 10th best team in the league. I think that's a little low based on the players that I have acquired. <laughs> How could they do that? I mean, it's so I, lucky. I, I literally have the best running back in from fantasy last year on my team, and yet they still just hate it. But <laughs> unfortunately, this app doesn't do quite good at uh, projecting what these players can be. Yeah, so <laughs> that's fair. That's right. I do not. I'm in a bit of a rough spot in terms of the projected standings right now. But, again, that doesn't seem going to be a lot better than that. And honestly, as long as I finish in the top half of the league, I'm going to be satisfied. Right. You know, I'm a guy that's uh, typically regarded as the trade maestro. Um, yeah, you've already I, made like six trades. Yeah, I've made five trades, and that's where I plan on stopping. Um, last year, I did 25. But this year, I'm turning over a new leaf. Um, I can't get Justin Jefferson because they're, I won't name names. But there's a guy in the league who is being a little stingy um, with Justin. And apparently, Jamar Chase, Amon Ron St. Brown, and Chris Olave is not enough for Justin Jefferson. Ooh. So, um, I turned my talents elsewhere. And I really think that I am uh, definitely top three, um, if, not, if not number one. Um, I do not think that my end-of-season uh, record will be. Uh, first, but I think once we get to the playoffs, talent-wise, I'm going to be cooking. I got a lot of players that 
Uh, Anthony Richardson is my starting QB, um, which some might think is crazy, but uh, I think that with his running potential, he he can be a QB one off rip uh, fantasy wise. Mm. So, so that's a, that's where I stand on that. I got the best running back in football this year and Nick Chubb. So I'm a, I'm really looking forward to it. I love fantasy football. Um, so yeah, I always, I do always bring the, uh, I will hold true to holding the best wide receiver group in the league every year, even if I can't get my hands on Justin Jefferson. Name me, name me anybody else that can get St. Brown, uh, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, and AJ Brown on the same team in a 14 team league. Dude, yeah, it's ridiculous. Brett, why would you even offer all those dudes for Justin Jefferson? I'm a Justin Jefferson stan. I've had him every year since he's been drafted, and so. Uh, I wanted to keep my tradition alive, but you know, some people take advantage of that. So I guess I'm just going to have to beat him with Justin Jefferson, without Justin Jefferson, no names being named. Can't, can't you get him in some other league though? I have him in every other league. <laughs> I haven't drafted for any other league yet. So I, Not we really. have a, we have a dynasty league, so I drafted him in the dynasty league and <laughs> ain't no way I'm ever letting go. Yeah. That paid off. That paid off for me. I bought into the hype for some players that you may not like. Uh, so I drafted Bijan. He fell all the way to 14, which if you're playing position, average draft position game, that was a steal, currently going to number seven. But I'm an Atlanta guy, and Bijan was available, so I was like, come on, I got to take him. Then I chose to take Justin Fields over Debo Samuel in the fifth round. I don't know if I need to regret that yet, but I got I got a solid squad. It's just – it's either last or – top three depending on who you talk to uh so, so we'll see how it goes but right now it shakes out brent's projected as second i'm projected as eighth and roman's projected as tenth i did check the facts Many Brent, you have be made, top three you about to say you have made six trades so far oh, i have they, they've all oh, yeah, right. they've all done wonders mm-hmm. the wide receiver is pretty ridiculous i still don't get how my team isn't higher i really don't i have the right combination of proven elite fantasy guys and guys that can break out to become the next big thing in fantasy football. Like, I'm not, I'm admittedly not the biggest fantasy guru in the world, but I, I think the app is being a little bit of a hater. Hey, maybe, maybe, maybe it's biased. Who knows? <laughs> but either way, we all love some fantasy football and we cannot wait for the season to start in just under a month. But before we get into all of that, before we get into the NFL, the AFC East, all those big-name teams. We're going to go over some specific players that we want to either warn you about or we want to tell you about in advance and help you draft them before your other teammates do, before your other players do. Brent, we'll go to you first. Who is the player that you're looking at this season that is, you think, a little bit undervalued, that he's he's going into the season, not many people are hyping him up, but you think by the end of the year, this guy is definitely a name that people are going to be talking about? Um. Well, before this video, before we did this podcast, I feel like Jake definitely would have known the name. Um, I was going to say he might still think that it is. I'm not saying Calvin Ridley because over the past couple weeks, um, I've seen the I've seen how much uh, hype is being put around him, and honestly, I don't like it. Um, I liked it when I liked it when it was kind of like, all right, I think this guy's going to be really good. But I, at this point, it's it's pretty well known that everybody thinks he's going to be pretty good. So I don't really think that there's – like, I don't think that this guy is underrated anymore. I actually think that he's going to be a little overrated and it's going to come back to bite him in the butt a little bit. Um, so if you draft uh, Calvin Ridley in the third round, 
because you think that you you're listening to what ESPN projects or something like that. Uh, I'm sorry, because you're you're probably going to be on the struggle bus. Try to get him in five, but uh, for me, it's going to be Garrett Wilson. Uh, I love I love wow. some Garrett. I what you uh, go ahead, go ahead. I'll, I'll what? take after you think you you think I'm wrong? No, no, I I mean he's being drafted in like the first two rounds this year. Like that's that's like top twenty four. I just when you say breakout, I'm like, oh man, like where, like how high do you think his ceiling potentially is? Fine, fine. I will go with somebody different then. Because <sighs> luckily, no, no, me. you can say that. No, 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 like, no, that's okay. <laughs> uh, he's uh, already uh, projected uh, to be a breakout. So, like, are you talking about yeah, more? Or are you talking like the standard? Oh breakout? yeah, no, definitely, definitely more. I think that I think that by the end of this year, he's with a QB like Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball. He's He's looking at with the names of Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, obviously under Justin, but maybe above, maybe the second best wide receiver in the league. Um, but wow, I'll, go, I'll just go. I'll go to another team further down south, um, Houston Texans. I'm gonna go with my boy Mechie the third. Um, mm. He only played like one snap in the preseason game the other day, but that one snap that he played got a nice little five yard catch out of it. Um, he is gonna be fighting for that third wide receiver spot to start the year with Tank Dell. Um, which is uh, probably not the best thing pre- based off that breakout game that he had. Lots of people are probably going to think that Dell's going to get it. Um, but really, I, I think that after, like Messi's going to work his way up the roster. I think that he's the most talented receiver that they have on this team. Uh, they have Nico Collins and Robert Woods, but I think we've talked about it on previous podcasts. Robert Woods like obviously is on the down downward trend. He's just a veteran guy that gives you leadership, and obviously he's going to be in your top three. He's still talented. And Nico Collins is good. But honestly, I feel like I feel like Mechie's probably the best guy that they have in this receiving core, and I feel like just give him a chance, and he's going to break out. I think that you're looking at. I don't, I don't want to go too much higher than top twenty, um, because. But I feel like Mechie, Mechie could definitely be, definitely be anywhere from like seventeen to to twenty four. Um, I, I think really highly of him. Um, but yeah, I, I like Mechie a lot. I'll just say I'll just say one, I guess, um, so that you guys have time to give your your hype up, guys. Yeah, I'll just I'll follow you up on that one. Currently being drafted at 17 through 20 for wide receiver rankings, Calvin Ridley, Keenan Allen, and Amari Cooper. So Brent's take has John Mechie being in that kind of field um, with DeAndre Hopkins and Terry McLaurin also there. So definitely definitely a hot take for a breakout there. Um, for me, I got to go with the guy that I drafted. Um, that I traded away. I traded away for a guy who I knew would be more stable, but that doesn't take away from from how hyped I am about this guy coming back. And that's got to be Cam Akers running back for the Los Angeles Rams. Akers got all the hype in the world going into 2021. Then, like other running backs, and this has kind of been the conversation of running backs a lot recently, they get injured a lot. He tore his Achilles, came back around playoff time and played all right in the Rams Super Bowl season, then went through some rough patches last year. But really what gets me hyped about this guy's future and potential this season is the last six weeks last year, he showed off the skills that people have been waiting to see for so long. And his good play just – it wasn't very broadcasted because the Rams had a terrible end of the season last year. The last six weeks included four top 15 fantasy finishes, including a week where he was the running back one. That was like late in the season when, you know, a bunch of running backs were getting a lot of touches. So a running back one finish in the last six weeks was pretty solid. The last three games, he had over 100 yards on the ground. He's currently being drafted at the 64 spot, which is running back 24. 
And I think that's really low considering how good he finished last year. I think he'll finish at least top 20. He comes in with pretty much no competition at the running back spot and a healthy Matthew Stafford. The only thing that I would say would keep him from top 20, which he's not projected to get right now, is the offensive line and the injury issues. But if Aker remains healthy, I don't see any reason why he can't pick up where he left off at the end of last year. So my advice, if you're midway through a 12-team draft without a solid running back two, do not overlook Akers because if he's healthy, I doubt you'll regret that decision. We're on breakout guys, right? Yep. All right. So for my potential fantasy football breakout player, it's honestly someone that you should be able to get pretty easily in most of your drafts. I think you got to do whatever you have to do to get George Pickens. I really do. George Pickens, as I said last episode when we were previewing the AFC North, I think he's going to be a top 10 receiver in the NFL this year. Obviously, he doesn't have the background for me to justify for me to flat out say right now that he's a top 10 receiver at the moment, but I truly believe that he has the talent and the capabilities to do just that. I think he's going to be extremely, extremely productive. He is obviously Kenny Pickett's favorite target in that offense. You have a quarterback in Pickett that showed a significant improvement towards the end of his rookie season. I mean, when you got back-to-back game-winning drives towards the end of the year, that shows progression, that shows growth, and honestly more so than you typically see out of rookie quarterbacks. And honestly, we saw George Pickens be a lot more involved with the offense down to the stretch. Pickens, of course, caught the game-winning touchdown uh, against Las Vegas on Christmas Eve. Uh, George Pickens is someone that is maybe the best deep ball threat in the NFL. He's certainly up there. Obviously, you think of guys like Mike Williams first in that conversation. But George Pickens is one of the better 50-50 jump ball receivers in the NFL already. Um, I mean, maybe a tier below, again, Mike Williams and A.J. Brown in that category right now. But you can argue otherwise as well. Uh, Very good body control. Uh, Someone that's going to become a a much better route runner this year as well. He's going to be a lot more effective in the short and and intermediate game than he was last season. I mean, I think we saw that touchdown that he scored against Tampa Bay in Friday night's preseason game, just how much more um, versatile he's going to be on the field this year. And I believe he's going to be extremely productive, and you should definitely draft uh, draft him if you have the opportunity. Again, you should have the opportunity as long as you're just smarter than your fellow league mates. Yeah, also for context, Roman took him at 29th in our draft. He's averaging around the 80 spot. So if you're talking about somebody that Roman is high on, there's that question. But Brent, Look, biggest I, bust I for you. I couldn't risk him going anywhere else. I couldn't risk that. <laughs> you, he, he would not have been picked <laughs> in between I that and the next it. one. I'll tell you that. But Brent, who's your biggest bust? You know, that, I, I mean, I feel like everybody this year is – like, I feel like – especially looking at ESPN, everything this year is, like, really evened out right now. So it's hard to say, like, who I think is going to be the biggest bust because right now I feel like everybody's, like, in a really good – like, I feel like everybody's in a really good spot, like, for where they should be. Um, But for me, I'm going to say Tony Pollard. (laughs) And not because because I think he's going to be bad. It's just, like, right now he's projected as running back two for for week one. And I I just don't – like – yeah, he was good last year. I just don't think that he's a running back too. 
like when I think of the top three running and and Bijan's projected running back one. So obviously it's like who you're playing also, but he's projected running back two. So like I really just don't I don't see him being I guess like a top three running back in the league throughout the entire season. I do I do I think he's top seven, yeah for sure. Um but I don't see him but like right now, like I don't know where he's being drafted, Jake. You probably do. You probably can find it a lot faster than me. Um, but like he was taken 27th oh. this year. Um, he's, and, he's averaging around 23rd. Yeah. So I, I just like, I don't think, I don't think that's a bad place to draft him. I just think that for where you're going to draft him, it's going to be a little bit, I feel like there's going to be a couple guys that you, that you pass on that end up being a lot, not a lot better, but still better than him. I still think he finishes top seven, but like he's being regarded as a top three running back this year. I just don't, I, I just don't see it. Um, but it's still not a, it's not like a huge bust, like, oh, this guy's going to do awful, but just not right where he's projected at either. Yeah, for sure. Uh, a third of the season, he was running back in fantasy with Ezekiel Elliott on the team. So, but yeah. also I, I can kind of see your viewpoint there around the, what is that running back eight or nine spot guys behind him on sleeper, Ramondre Stevens, who, who I think is going to play way better than Tony Pollard, Najee Harris. I know Roman, you would agree with me there. And then guys like Kenny Walker, Aaron Jones are also behind a guy like um, like Tony Pollard. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But I think last year definitely shows that he's got the potential. But can the new offensive system that they're trying to implement, can that can that match up with his play style well? Who knows? Again, you talk about not – watch out for Jalen Warren, honestly. Watch out for Jalen Warren. He mm-hmm. showed a lot of promise last season. But we're not talking about promising players right now. We're talking about <laughs> busts. Isn't that right? That's right. Who's yours, man? Justin Jefferson. No, no, no. Just, just, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> You're crazy. Don't say that. No, no, no. It is a I wide mean, receiver you from the NFC you, North. You it is a wide receiver from the NFC North. It's going to be DJ Moore. Uh, wow. Now the Bears. And to give him credit, it has less to do with him himself and more so the offensive system that he plays in and the quarterback that is going to be throwing him the football this year. We talked about Justin Fields a lot. Two episodes ago when we previewed the Chicago Bears and DJ Moore is someone that was definitely a pillar for Carolina over these past few years, probably their uh, best offensive player other than Christian McCaffrey. And now the Panthers have lost both of those guys and are seemingly in a better spot than they were before, which is kind of ironic. But with DJ Moore, he's someone that is extremely reliant on getting production in the deep passing game. It doesn't mean he can't run routes in the short part of the field or the medium part of the field because he can, but DJ Moore, I think we can all agree is someone that is mainly reliant on getting production on, you know, vertical routes, deeper parts of the field. He's less of a route runner and more of a guy that just wins by being the better athlete than the defensive back that is guarding him. And that does work a lot of the time, but, when you have a quarterback in Justin Fields that is totally inefficient in the short and intermediate part of the field, uh, when you have a quarterback that is completely incapable of reading the field and checking the ball down properly, you're just not going to get anything done in the short and intermediate parts of the field, which means the deep parts of the field are not going to be nearly as opened up as they otherwise would be. Now, DJ Moore is still going to be good, still a solid flex to wide receiver three option, but people are really expecting, or some people at least are really expecting a breakout from him because of the uh, 
quote unquote uprising of Justin Fields, but don't believe in that hype. Justin Fields <laughs> is going to completely sabotage any chance that DJ Moore has of being a good fantasy receiver this year, in my opinion. But luckily, DJ Moore will have Caleb Williams as a quarterback next year. Oh my goodness. So hopefully those problems should be alleviated 365 days from now. But uh, at least for now, avoid DJ Moore. Uh, <laughs> right now he's going wide receiver 22, um, right under guys like DeAndre Hopkins and Terry McLaurin. So pretty high for a guy who hasn't had much of a track record entering this year. So we'll definitely see for that. Uh, my biggest bust is going to be a guy who was a bust last year. And my guy's going to be Jonathan Taylor. I fell for the trap of drafting him number one last year. Number one, because I was like, you know what? He's got the best offensive line in the division, one of the best offensive lines in the entire league. He's got a not a great quarterback, which means they're probably going to feed him two to three times. Um, he's going to be a three-down back potentially. But I was dead wrong. They, they used him as a three-down back sometimes, but he just was not – as good as they projected him to be. Um, he's currently going off at number 17, running back six off the board. And I would be shocked if we get to January and there weren't six running backs that finished better than him. There are a lot of good running backs in the field this year. And to have Taylor there just because he's getting a high volume of rushing attempts, I don't think that we should believe that he's going to be a top six running back. He missed three games last year, finished at running back 33, extremely inconsistent and he's going through issues with the team right now as well. He's supposed to return in training camp ASAP. So we'll see what happens there. But Jonathan Taylor is a great player, great workhorse back, but they have to figure out how to use him in the most effective way possible. And last year certainly was, was not that. I mean, I just think it has less to do with that and more of the fact that Jonathan Taylor is on a bad football team and he's the only player worth the crap on it, but you know, that doesn't they got they got Pittman he, like guys like think about Pittman he had a really rough season last year with his quarterback whoever was playing quarterback but he was also a lot more consistent than Jonathan Taylor was and I just I don't know how Taylor can be when Anthony Richardson is running quarterback as well but so they'll be you, splitting carries how can you blame Jonathan Taylor for that when I can't the Colts off, when the Colts Jonathan, offensive line completely underperformed Jonathan Again. Taylor's a great player. I mean, I drafted him number one last year for a reason, but when I'm looking at the top six running backs in National Football League, there's no way, in my opinion, he's going to finish top six. No chance. I would I would highly doubt even a top ten finish with all those issues that we're talking about. You don't think he's going to finish top ten? Not in fantasy. I mean, he was 33 last year. That's that's worse than a but, starter. But But that was with injury. That was three games. That three was games, just three, three games. Three games is a big difference with running for, Forgot Cooper Cup was a top 24 wide receiver last year, and he only played nine games. For a number one draft pick, you should not be finishing outside the top 30 by mo only missing three games. There, there had to be something wrong there. And when you go back and you look at the stats, you can easily see why that was the case because he was extremely inconsistent. He went from week one having 27. The next week against Jacksonville had 7.5. Like, he's just not – he was not capable of doing things that they needed last year. Again, I think it has more to do with the inadequacies of his team, except him. But Agreed. You know. Completely agree. But you just said he was incapable. He was because of the team's issues, and I don't think they used him the right way. I think they fed him the ball way too much. So from a fantasy perspective, and obviously from a team perspective, it's not working. So they got to figure out how to utilize him in the best way, in my opinion. 
So All right. We'll see about that. Any other thoughts, questions, hot takes on the fantasy conversation before we get to what most say is the best division in the football league this year? Uh, no, no, I, I don't I'm really think at all. You're good. This podcast. So I'm mean, already, y'all ready? Let's get to it. The AFC East, the Patriots, the Dolphins, the Bills, and the Jets. Most of our Super Bowl champion last year was the Buffalo Bills, and that did not work. That fell flat on its face. And now we have potentially three teams that could come out of this division champions, four teams if you're accounting a team that has a good head coach. But I think we could win this division. And that's the team that we're going to start out with first. The New England Patriots, led by Bill Belichick. The newest addition they made to this team is the wide receiver one swap from Jacoby Myers, now featuring Juju Smith-Schuster, former Pittsburgh Steeler. Jake, you there? Jake has disappeared. Jake has disappeared. But we can keep it going anyway. Yeah, all right. Well, New England, by far the least interesting team in this division, but we got to – we got to get through it here, so let's do it. As Jake just mentioned, it's Bill Belichick, the greatest head coach in the history of the NFL, leading this team once again, six-time Super Bowl champion, uh, even more Super Bowls if you count his time with the Giants as their defensive coordinator in the early 90s. Oh, sorry, I'm back. I got a, I got a FaceTime call. I don't know how that went through. <laughs> sorry, oh, <okay>. go ahead. <laughs> but, yeah, Bill Belichick's extremely decorated, and because of his presence, this team is going to be – better than it otherwise would be and Bill's also got a really good coaching staff around him in my opinion uh, Bill O'Brien is the offensive coordinator for this team and I know a lot of people like to bash Bill O'Brien because of the way that his time in Houston ended but people forget that Bill O'Brien is actually a really good football coach he's yeah. a really good football coach there's a reason why the Texans won the AFC South all those years in a row with him leading the charge there uh, the problems really came when they started giving Bill O'Brien control within the front office. That is where the mistake happened with Bill O'Brien and the Texans. If they never gave him front office power, Bill O'Brien still would have been quite successful in Houston. And obviously, as the offensive coordinator, Bill O'Brien has little to no power in the front office. So he should be great. He was the offensive coordinator at Alabama, I think, for the last two seasons, if I'm not mistaken, maybe just this past season. But anyway, his last stop was at Bama. And I think it's a very good move for Belichick to bring him in and try to sort out this quarterback situation that you got here because you do have a bit of a battle, at least in my opinion, between Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi. Um, defensive coordinator is Bill's son, Steve, and Jaron Mayo, the longtime doing the Patriot linebacker. Again, I think just a very good, solid, knowledgeable coaching staff that is going to elevate this group a lot. But as I mentioned, you have something of a quarterback battle going on here, at least in my eyes, between Mac Jones and Bailey Zapp, or Zappy, or however you say that. I think it's Zappy, but Zappy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's Zappy. Okay. Um, but anyway, ultimately Mac Jones won the job out as the season went on last year, but uh, Bailey Zappy clearly showed some signs of perhaps being better than Mac Jones at certain points of last season. We'll see who's able to earn the starting job throughout this year. I suspect it's going to be Mac Jones that opens uh, at least the season as a starter. So 
I rank him as my QB 21 heading into the year. I just think he's a very solid uh, borderline mid-tier starter overall. He's not going to make too many mistakes. He's going to manage the game. He's going to do what he's done since he's been in the league, basically. Um, Ramondre Stevenson, who we talked about just a second ago in the fantasy discussion, is going to be this team's starting running back. He had a bit of a breakout last year, and now he looks to fully solidify himself as that full-time starter. Should be pretty good for New England this year, especially with the offensive line um, at wideouts. Juju is expected to come in here as the number one, but he was supposed to be the number one in Kansas City last year. That didn't exactly work out. He was good, but he wasn't quite what the Chiefs needed him to be at times. Yeah. So we'll see if he can bounce back in New England. Uh, a good player, but he's much better as a wide receiver, too. Then a wide receiver, one, uh, mm. Devontae Parker, who I'm still a fan of. I think he's a very good route runner and someone who's just very consistent on a year-to-year basis. You're not going to see too much bad play out of Devontae Parker, uh, someone that's going to be reliable. He'll be good. I think Tyquan Thornton's a decent player. Kendrick Bourne's a decent player. You have a lot of good players in this wide receiver core, but it's no one that's too special in my eyes. Uh, Offensive line is still very good. As always, New England just always, uh, they just always seem to have a good offensive line every year, and this year's no different. Trent Brown at left tackle, the former Raider, he's very good. Cole Strange, the former first rounder out of Chattanooga. Um, People really criticize that pick, but I trust New England to develop offensive linemen, so I suspect that he'll be good. David Andrews, longtime starting center, he's back. Uh, Michael Wenowu is a very good option at guard. And Riley Reef, the former Chicago Bear, should be another solid starter at tackle. The tight end room is very loaded. Hunter Henry and Mike Gesicki will be your main options there. Both are very good and adequate um, options in the receiving game. Mike Gesicki should also contribute in the run blocking department a little bit as well. Overall, a pretty solid offense that is going to be elevated by the innovation of Bill O'Brien. Um, defensively, it's not quite as talented as the Patriots have been in years past with the defense, but because of Belichick and the defensive coaching, it should still be fine. Um, defensive line is made of a bunch of mid-level guys, no one that you're going to pay too much attention to. Lawrence Guy is probably the best player on the defensive line, even though Dietrich Wise is also pretty good. Off the edge is Matt Judon, very underrated player. Again, just someone that's going to be very consistent. You're going to probably get a 10 or 11 sack season out of him if I'm not – if maybe a bit less or a bit more than that. He, he should get to the quarterback pretty consistently. That's my point. Jawan Bentley's a good player at inside linebacker. Uh, going on to the secondary, Christian Gonzalez, the first-round rookie out of Oregon, mm-hmm. is just a perfect fit here in New England. I mean, the Patriots – get guys in the fifth and sixth round in front of the Pro Bowlers, and now they get an yep. uber-talented guy like Christian Gonzalez, who is arguably like the second-best corner in this year's draft. Uh, it's it, it's a match made in heaven, honestly, and he should be very good right away. Um, Jack Jones was a very good player last year, should be that once again, and Jonathan Jones will be a very good slot corner for New England, one of the better slot corners in football. And at the safeties, you have Kyle Duggar, who's very solid, and Adrian Phillips, who is also, again, very solid. So that's really the problem with the Patriots. So they're just a solid mid-team in a loaded AFC. Yep. 
this is a team that would likely be like a 9-10 win team, something around that range, maybe even an 11 win team if they're in the NFC. But because of just how loaded the AFC is, it's going to be hard to envision this team winning a bunch of games in this year's version of the conference. But you got to watch out for New England at the same time because they can always surprise anyone at any moment as long as Belichick remains the head coach there. Well, I mean, I think if anybody has a harder schedule than the Ravens this year, it's New England. Um, mm. I mean, playing playing the Eagles, the Dolphins, the Jets, and the Cowboys your first four weeks in the for the NFL season is no uh, is no picnic. Um, and then you got the Bills and the Dolphins again, and then the Giants, the Chargers, Steelers, Chiefs. Like they they play a lot of really good teams this year. Um, so. I think you know where I'm heading with this based off where I gave my Ravens ranking last week. Um, but uh, I have the Patriots finishing 15th in the conference um, <clears throat> at four and 13. Oh, Whoa. One, oh and five, one and five in the division, two and 10 in the conference, three and six at home, one and seven on the road, one and 11 versus winning teams. I have them playing 12 winning teams and Three and two versus losing teams, and one and nine versus playoff teams. Like I, I gave him a win against the Jets, um, but I just like, like I, dude, it, it's so hard with these AFC teams for me because I just think that they have, I just think that like some some teams are gonna have to be bottom feeders, um, and while Bill Belichick is obviously the greatest coach to ever do it, um, I just. I just uh, like between between the Eagles, the Dolphins, you know, the Cowboys, Bills, Chargers, Chiefs, like all of these teams, like like they, they have a loaded schedule. Um, mm-hmm. So I I just don't think that I just don't envision them being. I again, somebody has to be the bottom feeder, and for me, it's going to be New England, uh, fourth in the division at four and thirteen, one and five in the comp- in the division. Yeah, I also have them finishing uh, pretty low in the conference at 14th. Last in the division with a 6-11 and record, getting the least wins in the – or since 2000. They've had five wins in 2000, and since then they've had more – they've had seven or more every single year. But this year, as Roman talked about, this team would be a really good team in the NFC. I think they'd be close to a playoff team. But in the AFC, especially in this division – I don't expect them to take that many games. I also have them one and five in the division, but a team led by Bill Belichick that is just solid. I can't have them dipping any lower than six eleven. I think six eleven, six and eleven is their floor. Um, I would probably slide them up to seven and ten. I'm not sure yet. Um, I've got I've... Jake's gone again. Jake must have got another FaceTime call. Bro, y'all got to stop blowing up Jake. He's doing the Men in Hoodies podcast, bro. Jake is busy right now. Or He's maybe, busy, you know, man. He's busy. Put his, put his phone on Do Not Disturb or something like that. I don't know. But, Roman, Jake, Jake can finish this later. Do you want to go ahead and say where you have him? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got New England at 7-10, and 10, which is good for fourth in the AFC South, obviously. They go uh, 11th in the conference, 1-5 and five in division play. Five and seven in AFC play. They go five and four at home and two and six on the road. I have them playing 14 winning teams this year. So, okay, yes, I good. definitely agree that the schedule is very difficult. They go four and ten in those games. They go three and oh, though, versus losing teams and two and ten 
versus playoff opponents. They go they play fourteen winning teams and twelve playoff teams. That is crazy. That is insane. And yeah, I mean, and despite that, I still have them going seven and ten because I think it's just a very solid roster that doesn't have that many holes and it's well coached. Not just Bill Belichick, but again, I think Bill O'Brien is going to be a massive addition to that offense. And I think this New England offense is going to be much better than what people are expecting. So don't sleep on the Patriots. They're not going to be any slouches whatsoever. Sorry. Can you all hear me? Yeah. Yep. What was your record for them? I, seven and ten. Okay. Yeah, so what I was saying was I, I think their floor is 6-11. and 11. I, think the, I think I might slide them to 7-10 and 10 if the Jets – um, decide the rest of their guys, but obviously I have to choose that before the season starts. But I, I think six and eleven, seven and ten is solid. Again, a team led by Bill Belichick. I can't see them going any worse than six and eleven, especially okay. with how kind of I guess middle middle of the pack their talent is. I think they'll get some wins against some bad teams, despite them having a pretty pretty hard schedule. Last year they went eight and nine, so this year we all have them dropping off by at least a game. So we'll see what happens there. But Roman Leadus and break us down for the next team, the Miami Dolphins. This team also had an interesting season last year. They had issues with Tua Tagovailoa, a lot of drama going on, and a lot of concussion questions uh, over the course of the season because of the injuries that Tua faced. But overall, this team did improve over the offseason. They added Jalen Ramsey, but he's going to be out till the end of the year. I kind of want to hear y'all's take on if that changed your overall perspective of the team. But kind of break us down. Man, this is where the fun really begins. The Miami Dolphins, uh, one of the more explosive offenses in football last year, and that was largely because of the debut season of Mike McDaniel, who is a genius. Mike McDaniel is basically just Kyle Shanahan reincarnated. This guy is just a wizard on the offensive side of the football, and I just trust Miami – no matter what, solely because of him. Again, the, the coaching plays a big deal for me. And when you have a guy that is as brilliant as Mike McDaniel leading your team, there are a lot of things that I would o- otherwise kind of flank them down for that I'm not going to with Miami. Just super creative, super innovative. This is going to be one of the best offenses in football. And it might just be that anyway, regardless of all the talent that the Dolphins have. But because they have the talent that they do, this is just going to be a super, super fun team. Vic Vangio is going to be leading the defense, one of the better defensive minds in the NFL. Of course, he was the coordinator for that Chicago Bears defense in 2018. So, yeah, Dolphins are very well equipped uh, in terms of the coaching. Again, they undercut Brian Flores a little bit, but considering that they got Mike McDaniel now, it's hard to argue against that decision. Um, yeah, it's almost, it's almost like they fired him for his coaching talent. Yeah. But that's a whole different conversation. So. Yeah, but <laughs> going to the roster of this team, uh, you just have to kind of hope and pray that Tua Tungvaliola is able to stay healthy. But assuming that he doesn't get a million concussions this year, uh, you're going to get a very <laughs> stable presence at the quarterback position. I'm a big fan of what Tua showed us on the field last season. He's my QB 11 heading into the year which is a bit higher than what most people have him, but I'm just very, very confident in Tua. I think he's got a great arm, very good processor, very good decision maker, just a perfect fit for what Mike McDaniel wants to do on the offensive side of the football. And 
when you have a quarterback and a coach that just match up that perfectly, it's just going to work. It's just going to click. So Tua should be very good and within the system. Uh, running game is a little interesting. Uh, I'm a big Jeff Wilson fan. He was a very good player in San Francisco. But you also have Raheem Mostert there, who most expect to be the starting back. But I honestly think that Jeff Wilson will emerge as more of the bell cow guy there. Not saying that Raheem Mostert isn't going to be important because he is, but I think Jeff Wilson is the guy that you really want to watch out for as getting the majority of the carries whenever the Dolphins do decide to run the football. But no one wants to talk about the running backs on this team. Come on, we got to be more fun than that. It's the wide receivers that really yep. make this Dolphins team, you know, I guess just stand out for everybody. And that obviously begins with Tyreek Hill, who I don't think he's the best receiver in the NFL, but he's arguably the best offensive weapon in the NFL, if that makes any sense. Just super versatile. He can do basically anything you want him to do. Yeah, he's incredibly fast, but he's also a fantastic route runner, and he's got great hands, and he can even take jet sweeps out of the backfield if you want him to. As long as you get Tyreek Hill to football, he's going to be effective, and he's going to be one of the best players in the entire NFL. And Jalen Waddell is a fantastic wide receiver, too. And he's honestly just a step below Tyreek Hill. Like Tyreek, mm. very fast player, great hands, great route runner. Jalen Waddell is arguably a top 10 receiver in the NFL already. I don't know if wow. I put him up there, but he's definitely has an argument. Jalen Waddell. <laughs> I, I need your top 10 wide receiver list after all the guys you said to be top 10. It's very good. Play. Look, I said arguably because I know. there are a lot of guys that can arguably top 10 receivers. Like the NFL right now may be in its best spot ever in terms of just talent at the wide receiver position. There's a reason why all these dudes are getting paid so much money. It's, it's crazy. But yeah, these two are going to be a matchup nightmare for the majority of defenses. I mean, no matter what, you're going to get either one of these dudes one-on-one with a corner that is not adequately equipped to handle what Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are Roman bringing is, to the table. Roman's happy because he has Waddle on his team. Yeah, I'm very, <laughs> very happy. But I'd be very high on Jalen Waddle regardless of that. And, again, Tua and him have – formed a pretty solid connection just as well in, in general. So that should be very good. Offensive line doesn't get enough credit, in my opinion. I think it's a pretty decent unit. Teron Armstead is one of the better tackles in the NFL. Um, Liam Eikenberg's a pretty good player at guard, and you also have Isaiah Wynn there for depth. Connor Williams is a solid player at center. Robert Hunt is a decent player at guard. You could do better than Austin Jackson at right tackle, but – you know, you just have to kind of live with that, I suppose. But, yeah, offensive line, pretty underrated in my opinion. Not anything close to the best unit in the league, but it should be more than serviceable, especially for an offense that's uh, more often than not going to get the football out very quickly. Um, tight end, uh, Durham Smythe is going to be your starter there. Obviously, you're missing Mike Gesicki very much, but the Dolphins don't use their tight ends that much in the receiving game, so I don't perceive that to be too much of an issue uh, moving on to the defense it's not the greatest unit in the world but it's very tenacious it's, it's going to be very well coached it's going to get to the quarterback um, when you have guys like Christian Wilkins at defensive tackle and Raquan Davis on, on the inside combined with Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb coming off of the edge it's going to be a very good pass rush perhaps a top so yeah, expect the Dolphins to get to the quarterback. 
early and often in games. Riker and David Long, two solid inside linebackers there that should do a good job in their roles. Um, Secondary-wise, it sucks that Jalen Ramsey is going to be the majority of the season, but you're still going to be okay because Xavier Howard is another high-level starter at corner. Noah Igbenogany is a solid player. Um, Nick Needham and Kater Konu uh, or Kowu are pretty decent players in the slot. I suspect Needham is going to win that job when that time comes. And the safeties, you have Javon Holland and Brandon Jones, two solid players. Javon Holland is a very good player at free safety. I'm a big fan of him. So, yes, I I really like where the Dolphins are right now. I think they're going to be one of the better teams in the AFC. They do have a few concerns, but I think their positives are ultimately going to outweigh their weaknesses. So this team should be uh, pretty much a lock in the playoffs. Brian, what you got on the Dolphins? I'll go first again. All right. Uh, I said it would take 12 wins for a team to make the playoffs in the AFC this year. Uh, This is that last 12-win team. I have the Dolphins finishing seventh in the conference. Good enough for the last spot in the – in, in the uh, playoff race so they can they can brush the sweat off their brows. Um, they slip in by the skin of their teeth going 12 and five. So I'm finishing two and four in the division though. eight four in the conference, seven and two at home, five and three on the road, four and five versus winning teams and eight and0 versus losing teams. They, uh, they go three and five versus playoff teams though. Um, I think that this team, like Roman has said, very talented. They're gonna run you off the. Uh, I mean, they're gonna they're gonna run you off the field. They're fast. Um, they play a lot of talented teams, though. They have a pretty tough schedule. But the difference between uh, the Ravens and the Patriots in this team, uh, for me, is I think that this is the team that's gonna win the games with a tough schedule, um, and it's not gonna be a picnic. Um, playing the Bills twice, the Jets twice, even the Patriots. Like the Patriots aren't a bad team, like Roman said. I just think that somebody has to take the boot. Um, but I, I think this team is going to do great. Um, I think they start out 5-1 and one with the one loss coming to the Bills. Um, but I think they beat the Chargers on the road week one um, to get their season rolling. And they and after they lose to the Bills, I mean, you kind of have to have them losing to Philly. Um, I mean, you don't have to, but you get what I'm saying. But I do have them beating uh, uh, Kansas City and uh, Germany. So <laughs> – so that'll be a great game. But I, I really like this Dolphins team. I'm really high on the AFC. Um, I think everybody is. But uh, I think it just, it's just a different level to make the playoffs this year. And I, I've said in every, t- in every one of these that we've done um, that I think that there's the tier of seven. And if you're not in the top seven, then you're just not that. You're just not there. Um, and I think that this is the last team that hops on that train. Um, so the Dolphins are seventh, uh, third in the division. If I didn't say that, they're going to be third in the division, um, seventh in the conference at twelve and five. Yeah, for me, I've got this team at ten and seven overall, three and three in the division, ninth in the conference. So just missing out on the playoffs. Um, but for me, this team went nine and eight last year. I know there were a lot of factors that um, applied to that, like to his injuries and everything. Um, but for me, like I have this team going six and two to start the season, but like last year, I have them finishing in a way that isn't too hot. Last year, they finished the season losing to, I believe the Patriots, Green Bay and the Bills. Um, this year, their last three games are 
in my opinion, against pretty solid squads. I have them losing to Dallas, Baltimore, and Buffalo. So they, they will look like a playoff team, in my opinion, until week 16, and that's when they're going to fall off and not win the games that they need to in order to make it over the hump. Um, but, see, that's just, that's just my opinion. I think a lot of people, um, and y'all may not like this, are really hyping up the Dolphins way too much. Uh, I don't think that they're going to be, even if they do make the playoffs, I don't think they're going to make it past the wild card round. I'm not high on them to even win the division. I think they're the Bills and the Jets are light years ahead of them, um, them and the Patriots. So I, I would be very hesitant if you're making your divisional breakdowns as long with us to put Miami at over 10 or 11 wins because as Brent talked about, this schedule is rough, especially divisional play and great offense doesn't necessarily lead to more wins. So we'll see what happens. But for me, I got them improving by a game from last year going 10 and seven. All right. So 10 and seven, that's six and into the postseason. That would be ninth in the conference. Oh, so okay. two out, two off the playoffs. Okay. Yeah. All right. Gotcha. Just making sure uh, for me, I'm going to stick by the Dolphins. Again, I think Mike McDaniel was brilliant. I think Tua is a very good quarterback, better than what people give him credit for. And when you have mismatches on the outside with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, that's going to create a lot of problems for defenses that simply most teams will not be able to match And throughout the entire National Football League. Uh, I have the Dolphins going 12-5, and five, which is good for second in the AFC East, fifth overall in the AFC. They go 4-2 in divisional play. Nine and three in conference play. They go eight and one at home, four and four on the road. They go five and five versus winning teams and seven and zero oh versus losing teams. And they finish three and five against playoff opponents. Again, I see some of the flaws with the Dolphins. I definitely do, and I wouldn't. I would be naive if I didn't think that at least some of them could come to fruition. But again, I believe in the positives of this Dolphin team a lot more than the negatives. So I'm just going to – I believe in Miami this year. I really do. Well, there you go. All right, so a lot of us are kind of on the same thing with the Dolphins, two, 12-5, and five and one ten and 7 Moving on to a team that we all had winning the Super Bowl, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. The Buffalo Bills last year finished 13-3, and three, uh, missing a game there because of the Bengals matchup where DeMar Hamlin got hurt. Could have been 14-3, and three, could have been 13-4. and four but most likely 13-4 and because um, the Bengals were hot that game. But either way, a lot of people are betting on this Bills team to either win the Super Bowl or to fall off. I'm, I'm kind of – I'm very interested to hear y'all's take on them, if y'all think they're going to have a repeat season or not. But, Roman, walk us through what Buffalo's got this year. See, the Bills are in a very interesting spot yep. last, right now because last year kind of felt like the year they had to get it done – and they just didn't. They completely fell on their faces. They got blown out at home in a divisional playoff game. And just very, very firing overall. And when you combine that with the fact that they really didn't improve at all in the offseason, it's very concerning. But ultimately, this team is very well coached. And they're very talented still, despite – not really getting better in the offseason and despite losing in embarrassing fashion to end last season. So this Bills team should still be pretty solid. Uh, Sean McDermott is going to be both the head coach and the defensive coordinator. They don't even have a defensive coordinator. That's a, that's a vacant position. Sean McDermott is going to handle both of those roles. He's very proven at this point. Uh, Ken Dorsey 
who replaced Brian Dable is still the offensive coordinator that a pretty solid job last season. As long as you have that regime there, this Bills offense should still be pretty good. Josh Allen, obviously, uh, obviously one of the better quarterbacks in football, even though he slightly regressed last season. I thought he was going to have his best season yet. He really didn't. Uh, struggled a lot with turnovers at times and just inconsistent play overall. But still, at his peak, he is one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. It's my QB four heading into the year. I feel like mm. it's a very, very fair position for him. Um, we'll see if he's able to have something of a bounce back season. James Cook is expected to be this team's starter at the tailback spot. Uh, should be a pretty good player, but if he's not, Damian Harris and Latavius Murray are there. Uh, pretty mid-backfield. I don't expect this running game to be much, uh, just like it really wasn't last year. I mean, you're, you're replacing Devin Singletary with basically three equivalents, so what am I supposed to say? At wideout, Stefan Diggs is obviously amazing, great player, but outside of him, it's Gabe Davis, who is very inconsistent, and yep. basically no one other than that. They didn't really make much of an effort to improve the wide receiver position, and that really surprises me. I really thought that they were going to go and get a definitive number two behind Stephon Diggs, whether that was in free agency or in the draft, but they really didn't do that. They're sticking with Gabe Davis as the wide up two when I don't think he deserves that role, but that's just my opinion there. Offensive line is pretty mid. Deion Dawkins, eh, he's good, but he's not. Uh, Connor McGovern, yeah, Mitch Morris, pretty good. <laughs> and the right side is just disgusting. You have Ryan Bates and Spencer Brown. Yuck. Even though hopefully Osiris Torrance <laughs> can get in there a little bit. I was a big fan of him in last year's draft or this year's draft. And hopefully he starts over Ryan Bates sooner rather than later. Um, Dawson Knox is starting tight end for now. But I do expect Dalton Kincaid to come in and start over him at some point. I think Dalton Kincaid is going to be a very – very good addition for that offense, though. So that is one good thing they did in terms of adding offensive weapons. Uh, defensively, this team should still be pretty good. Defensive line makes up of Greg Rousseau, uh, Daquan Jones, and Ed Oliver. Uh, very solid there. Ed Oliver is one of the better defensive tackles in the league. Um, off the edge, yeah, Von Miller still rocking and rolling, still very good. And A.J. Epinesa should still be pretty solid as well. Leonard Floyd is also on this team, for those who forgot about him. And getting to the linebackers, big name is Matt Milano, one of the best linebackers in football. Just super solid, very underrated, very underappreciated. Not nearly enough people give him credit for what he does, but he is a fantastic football player. Um, and they have a big void to fill with the loss of Tremaine Edmonds in free agency. So we'll see if a guy like, Terrell Bernard is going to be able to do it, or Dorian Wilkie. Um, Secondary-wise, Tredavious White, still there, one of the better corners in the league. Uh, Kyer Elam is pretty solid as well. And Taron Johnson, another very good slot corner. A lot of good slot corners in this division. So he's there too. And Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer are finally back together at the free safety and strong safety combo. Of course, Micah Hyde missed the majority of last season. And he is now mm -hmm. back and ready to go. So, yeah, this Bills team is basically going to be the exact same as last year. I don't expect much improvement, but uh, this is still one of the better teams in the AFC, mm -hmm. and they should make the playoffs. I'll start us out on this one. Um, I, I like the Bills. I do. 
I don't have them dropping off as much as maybe some people do. Um, I know that they had a and season last year. I mean, I, w- I will say this, Roman, I think from now on for your breakdowns, you need to give an onomatopoeia for every player um, before you break them down. Can we agree to that? Is that okay? What's a, what's a, what's a what? <laughs> Whether eh, uh, I don't know, like stuff like that. I think you should give that for every player. I, I was enjoying that. Um, but for me, the Buffalo Bills are going to take the second place spot in the division with a record team and four. Fifth in the conference, four and two in the division, nine and three versus winning teams, four and one versus losing teams. Their losses in the division are going to come to the New York Jets, and I think their other loss uh, – oh, I don't even know where it is. Uh, oh, the Patriots. I have them losing in Foxborough. Um, so I got one loss to the Patriots. This is a really good team. I'm interested to see how they handle Stephon Diggs because Stephon Diggs had – a fantastic season last year, basically a dream hypothetical scenario for a superstar wide receiver. I mean, over 1300 yards, double digit touchdowns, but he came out and said that y'all aren't utilizing me in the right way and I need to be past the ball more. Um, So I'm interested to see maybe is that, is that why they didn't push for a wide receiver in the draft? Are they planning on throwing it to Stefan even more to try to have more of a Justin Jefferson type season than a typical Stefan season? So we'll see, we'll see what happens there. But I'm interested to see if this team is going to have the same drive that they had last year with all the Super Bowl expectations. Are they going to be the team that they feel that they have something to prove? Or are they going to be the team that they still think they're on top and they think they can get it easy? Um, I, I think only one of those mindsets is going to win them football games, which is we got to go out there with something to prove because no Super Bowls for the Bills is a recurring theme for their franchise. And they need to get over the hump, they need to get over the hump ASAP. Yeah, for me – um, I have them. Fin- I mean, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I have them finishing first in the conference, just barely. Um, mm-hmm. I'm at 14 and three, so only a game up from Jake. So nothing crazy. Um, five and one in the division, ten and two in the conference, nine and zero oh at home. Wow. Uh, five five and three on the road, which the nine and zero oh at home was completely unintentional. If I went back through, I could probably find like, like it wasn't like oh they're going to be this incredible team at, on at. The- uh, whatever you understand what I mean um, <laughs> I'm getting I'm getting tired um, five and three on the road uh, eight and three versus winning teams six and over versus losing teams and seven and three versus playoff teams I I mean I think this Bills team maybe is taking a step back as like I think that if the Bengals and Bills went head to head in the FC championship the Bengals are winning um, but I do think that the Bills have the better regular season by I mean, literally by tiebreaker, I think, I think it is. Um, but the three games I have them losing is one to the Jets, one to the Eagles, and one to the Chargers. So, um, yeah, like this is a good Bills team. I think that they took a step back, but I don't think that that affects them from winning games. Um, mm. So I don't think that, at least in the regular season, they have a decently tough schedule, um, partly just because they're in the AFC East. But And then they have like one-off games against the Chargers and Chiefs. Um, in a game against the Bengals. But uh, other than that, like, this this is a good team. I don't think they win the Super Bowl, but this is a good team. Um, And I would not be surprised if they're back at the uh, AFC Championship. I like the Bills, but I do have them taking what most people would consider to be a step back in terms of the record. I have them at 11 and 6, which for third in the AFC East, seventh overall in the AFC, so they do get that uh, final wild card spot. They go 3-3 three and three 
in divisional play. Eight and four in conference play. Uh, eight and one at home. Three and five on the road. Seven and five versus winning teams, and four and one versus losing teams. They go five and five against playoff opponents. Again, another very tough schedule that we're seeing here in the AFC East, and that is largely because of the divisional play. But of course, they got a, a road game against the Chiefs that I actually have them winning. They got a road game against Cincinnati, road game at Philadelphia, home game versus Dallas on the road at Miami and the Jets. I mean, it's not a, not easy sledding at all for the Buffalo Bills, but they persevere through it and still make the playoffs with relative ease. There you go. All right, last team, arguably the most exciting team this year. Hard Knocks is covering them all season. The New York Jets finished 7-10 and 10 last year, acquired Aaron Rodgers, Alan Lazard. So this team is looking pretty solid entering this year. A lot of people have them really high in their rankings. But, Roman, walk us through, and I, I cannot wait to hear what y'all have on this team. Yeah, um, the Jets are very exciting. That's definitely the word that I would use to describe them as well. Um, starting with the coaching staff, Robert Sala did a very solid job with his Jets team last year. Exceeded uh, expectations, well, at least my expectations. Brent had him going 7-10, and 10, and he was very right yes, on sir. exactly where they went. And that was despite all the quarterback troubles they had throughout the year and the offense just being bad in general. So, yeah, uh, Brent was able to be the genie wizard that he is, apparently, and was able Thank to you. crystal ball all of that. And see if his uh, magic touch with the Jets continues in just a second. But, yeah, um, I'm in on the Jets now, very much so. Robert Sala is proven. I think Nathaniel Hackett is a good hire at offensive coordinator. Was an absolute disaster in Denver, obviously, as their head coach last year. But he's one of the better OCs in the NFL. And he just has a very good rapport with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, built a lot of trust in just a relationship together in Green Bay. And that matters. That That's going to play a factor as the season goes on. I mean, when you have Aaron Rodgers, you need to get someone that he trusts there in the locker room. And the Jets definitely did more than enough to, you know, accommodate him in that, as we're going to see in just a second. But we're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers because I'm expecting a big bounce back year from him. I still think he's got just a bit more in the tank. I think he's got at least one more elite season in him. Uh, he's my QB3 heading into the year. I know that last year with the Packers happened. Very aware of that. But that was just a very bad situation all around. I trusted them to make it work. Ultimately, it was too much. But you got a much better situation now with the Jets. So he should be able to get back to form. Brees Hall is currently out right now with an injury. But when he comes back, he'll be the definitive starting tailback, I assume. But while he's out, you have Michael Carter and Zonovan Knight kind of battling it out to see who's going to end up starting the first few games of the season. Uh, at wide receiver, it's Corey Davis, Alan Lazard, Aaron Rodgers' best friend, and Garrett Wilson, <laughs> the Offensive Rookie of the Year from last season. And Garrett Wilson was pretty good, and a lot of people are really preparing Garrett Wilson to be like the next Devontae Adams because with Rodgers being there, it just makes a lot of sense. And I can certainly foresee that. But Garrett Wilson is still going to have to prove it. Uh, I don't think he's the best receiver in his draft class. I think that's George Pickens. But that doesn't take anything away from Garrett Wilson. Still a very, very good football player. And, yeah, he should show it this year for sure. Uh, Randall Cobb is also there because Aaron Rodgers is on the team. So Randall Cobb basically has to be on the team. 
off of that principle alone. Miko Hardman, who's not even a projected starter, is also on this team. A lot of exciting weapons that I'm very interested to see how the Jets use them all. But, again, with Rodgers there and Hackett and the offensive coaching, it should all get sorted out just fine. In terms of offensive line, pretty good. You have Dwayne Brown starting a tackle right now. Billy Turner's there for pretty solid depth. Lakin Tomlinson is a solid starter at guard. Uh, Connor McGovern starting at center. Wait, is Connor McGovern on two teams here? Connor McGovern is on two teams, or is it, or is it two different Connor McGoverns? They're basically the same player. Oh, that would be weird. Do they both yeah. have a mustache? Wow. <laughs> Are there two Connor McGoverns? I did not notice that ever. There's no way. <laughs> Don't tell me there are two Connor McGovern's that play offense. There's no way. The one on the Jets has a nice stash, though, I'll tell you that. Two Connor McGovern's. One's a center. Well, that's weird. That plays center on the Jets, and pretty good. So that's basically all I need to know. Very good respect. Out of UFC. Go. We'll see if he's able to really take his place at the next level this season. Uh, Makai Becton actually got benched the hour last for Max Mitchell. I don't know how long that's going to last. Becton's trouble with injury throughout his so far, so I can understand it. Along just you know mid play, um, tight ends. I have Conklin for Jack, but you also have CJ Uzama there. Big friend CJ Uzama. Opportunities as well. Yes, defense. I think it'll do great things. Very good. Defensively, though, it gets really exciting, actually. Defensive line makes up Lawson, Quentin Williams, Jonathan Myers, Lawson, and coming off the Very good. Very good to go. And of course, you have just a guy like Quentin Williams. In the middle of the tackle, it's just going to make things all that the Jets are going to do a good job the quarterback. He's still there at inside linebacker. He's been very underrated. We'll see that Austin's joining Baltimore, but that's not the case. Mosley is still very good. Technically um, wise, obviously, it all starts with Sutter, who instantly became one of the better cornerbacks. Basically, the very dominant guys on boundaries and on, on islands. And we have three, all the heading for direction, it seems. Either way, very clever. Only in the defense year, last year, rookie year. I should have got to that a lot. Probably that. But other than Sauce, you have DJ Reed and Michael Carter the second. They're solid. Roman, your mic is so bad, dude. Your Wi Fi is killing. I know it cut out for a second. I just saw it for a second. It's just very glitchy. <laughs> Your voice is just wild right now. <laughs> oh, no. Hopefully it's not as bad as you're saying. I don't 
Here, take take a second to fix that. Uh, we'll go over our Jets predictions. I don't know what I'm with the it. Can you uh, turn off your Wi-Fi or service or something? I don't know. Um, but, yeah, we'll give you a second to figure that out. I'll start with the New York Jets. Um, for me, I absolutely love the changes that this team has made. I cannot wait to watch them on the field this season. I have them at the third spot in the conference taking the win via tiebreaker in the division at 13-4 and four over the Buffalo Bills. They're going to finish 4-2 and two in the division. Um, their loss is coming to, I believe, Buffalo, and it might, it might be the – no, it's the Dolphins. They're going to lose one to the Dolphins and one to the Bills, 9-3 and three in the conference, 8-4 and four against winning teams, 5-0 and oh against losing teams, 4-2 and two against playoff teams. I have this team going off in the middle of the season – and then losing two down the stretch to the Dolphins and the Browns. This team is going to be one of the best teams in the league leading up to week 14, and they will stay that way, even though I do have them losing two out of four down the stretch. But I don't – I'm on the side of the Jets being good. I have not decided yet if I'm on the side of them being good in the postseason. That is something that I have not predicted yet. I can't wait until we get to our playoff predictions. That's going to be a fun episode. Uh, but for right now, the Jets are going to have a really good regular season, and I can't wait to see the Aaron Rodgers and Gary Wilson connection. Yeah, I have uh, I have the Jets finishing sixth in the conference, second in the division via tiebreaker um, at 12-5 and five as well, um, four and two in the division, um, as well as eight and four in the conference, five and four at home, seven and one on the road. What a great job they do on the road. Uh, six and four versus winning teams, six and one versus losing teams, five and four in the playoff first playoff teams. Um, the big thing for me is I have them starting out five and five um, and going oh, on wow. an absolute tear to to end the season. Um, their their last loss of the year is coming to the Bills in Week Eleven, and then they they beat the Dolphins, Falcons, Texans, Dolphins, uh, Washington, Cleveland, and uh, Patriots to end the season and submit themselves as a playoff team. Um, so, yeah, I really like this division. Um, I mean, you guys have pretty much already hit a lot of it, but but this is a great division. Um, but I think the Jets are going to be great. I don't know about postseason yet. Um, I, that's something that I'm going to have to handle. Yeah. Um, that's a future Brent issue. Um, but 12-5 and five for the regular season is not too shabby. How do I sound right now? Great. I'm, I'm great right now. Yeah, sound like a robot about two minutes ago. So you're doing a lot better. Okay, that's wonderful. I cannot wait to listen back to that. <laughs> anyway, um, for the Jets, I have them going 12 and five, which mm-hmm. is good for first in the AFC East, third overall in the conference. They go four and two in divisional play, nine and three in AFC play. They go seven and two at home, five and three on the road. They go six and five versus winning teams and six and zero. Oh versus losing teams they go three and five against playoff opponents um i have the jets winning the division via tiebreaker i really don't know who i think is the best team in this division i think there's an argument for it being the jets i think there's an argument for it being the dolphins or the bills as well um i think i just trust the jets the most because they have the best quarterback of those three teams and i think they have the highest floor as well for sure um i i the Jets are going to be very solid. They have by far the best defense in the division. And when you combine that with an offense, that I think it's going to really take a leap with the help of Aaron Rodgers and a second-year Garrett Wilson and a returning Brees Hall from injury. 
Um, yeah, I think the Jets shape out as uh, probably the best team in the division. There you go. Any other thoughts before we uh, wrap up the division by going over the standings? Well, we got one more next week, NFC East, which is Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, and Commanders. So we're almost done with the divisional breakdowns, man. It's been it's been a it's been a very fun ride this year. I think they're I think they've been much better than they were last year. So definitely liking that improvement. Absolutely. For me, coming in at fourth in the division is gonna be the New England Patriots at six and eleven. Third is the Miami Dolphins at ten and seven. Second is the Buffalo Bills, 13-4. and four. And then via tiebreaker, the New York Jets take the division at the 13-4 and four spot. For me, I have the Patriots finishing 15th in the conference, 4th in the division at 4-13. and 13. For third place, 7th in the conference, I have the Dolphins at 12-5. and 2nd in the division, 2nd in the conference – I mean 6th in the conference, sorry. I have the Jets finishing 12-5. and five. And then 1st in the division and the conference, I have the Bills – uh, at 14 and three. All right. For me, New England finishes last in the division, seven and 10, 11th overall in the AFC. Third is the Bills at 11 and six, uh, seventh overall in the AFC. Uh, second is the Dolphins at 12 and five, fifth overall in the AFC. And first place is the Jets winning the division via tiebreaker, also at 12 and five, and third in the AFC. So, yeah, got to be a very good division this year, obviously. There you go. All right, Brenton Michael Lyons, how was your week? Um, it Wait, was. Your middle name is Michael. I did not know yeah. that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. My week was good. Um. I mean, didn't really do much after I moved in. I've just been chilling in the dorm. Um. This weekend's been pretty fun. Uh. Start school on Wednesday, so that'll be great. I took melatonin about twenty minutes ago. So, so the second this is done, uh, you your, your boy is asleep um, and ready to get up at 5.30. So, yeah, it's been oh. good. Roman, how about you? Well, I apparently converted into a robot a few minutes ago. I really, really hope you're not trolling me on that. Oh, I'm no, not. not. It was bad. We, I we honestly let it don't know until I go back and listen to this in a few minutes. You're going to hate it. really turned into a robot. I'm sure that was a very interesting experience for all of you. Um, what else do I got? I'm not, I, I don't think I got anything else, honestly. It's been a very, very chill week. Um, I, first week of school for everyone else in my household, I still got like two and a half weeks approximately, maybe just closer to two weeks now until I go back to school myself. So I'm just trying to enjoy these last few days of summer because of everything going on in my life right now it's going to get quite hectic especially uh, as we get more towards the fall and winter months it's going to be a very very busy time for me so I'm looking forward to that but I'm also just trying to salvage the last couple of weeks of I guess relaxation that I have left so yeah yeah I'll join the club with you on that one man uh, this week has been pretty busy, though. I uh, just started a job working at Bellevue Baptist Church in their rec ministry uh, until I head off for college in mid-September. So that's been fun. Uh, did some baseball coaching, did some killing of some wasps and, uh, and bees and everything, typical recreation things. Um, I just got accustomed with 
all that I needed to do. Um, also accepted another job opportunity to I leave and be broadcasting the Briarcrest football games over the radio for the next four yes, weeks, sir. next four Friday. Um, so if you're ever free on a Friday night, definitely go check that out on the website. Or if you're local in Memphis, definitely tune in um, to that. So that'll be fun. Uh, filming a wedding with my roommate, Chris Beck, this weekend. Um, so it's going to be a pretty uh, busy weekend this coming week. We'll see how that affects um, the podcast and things like that. Um, but, yeah, life is good, and it's been a, it's been a good week. Got to watch Brent's brother, uh, Jackson, start for one drive at the Arlington Jamboree. Um, he's the new he's the new quarterback. We've had guys like you know Grant Buchanan, Elvis Simpson in the past, but now we got Jackson Lyons, up and coming talent. We'll see what happens with uh, with him and the Arlington Tigers this year. Good luck to yeah. Brent's brother. Yeah. If, 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 honestly, if he's better than Grant Buchanan, he wins already. <laughs> like, he wins he's already. Better, if he's better than Grant Buchanan. He's better than Grant Buchanan. Well, then he's a winner already. <laughs> oh, man, that's tough. Grant, if you're listening, you, you did good. good. Good luck in college. Good luck, good luck in college. But no, obviously, we're, all, we're all biased to Jackson. Grant's so. a great baseball player. Great baseball player. <laughs> he's, he's playing football. Uh, it's late. Before we say anything, we shouldn't. That might be late for that as well. Thank you for listening to the Minahoo's podcast. If you don't already, go follow the Minahoo's Instagram. We are releasing – our divisional breakdowns from last season. So far, I'm in the lead for that, uh, mainly because Brent was not here for some divisions. But we still got four more divisions. Wait, to you gave me ne- you gave me a negative point for the division I wasn't here for. Yeah, so you know how like if you come That's into so a horse, dumb. so if you come into a horse game, you know you a can't horse come game? in. You can't come in midway and have no letters. You have to yeah, have you whoever's but, tied with the least. But right? you can't assume that I'm going to be. You can't assume that I got every one of them wrong either. But you have to tie with the worst. That's how it works. Oh, I you hate bomb. it. I no, hate it for up. you. No, hey, you're up. still better than Roman, though. Roman's taking the rear right now. So, so how am see I what happens. the rear? That's just how it's going, man. That's how it's going. Check the Instagram. I don't want to hear it. Honestly, I, I, I think the predictions go beyond just the records. But since we're just counting the records in that sense. <laughs> hey, we'll see. I have no idea who's going to come out on top. I haven't done the record uh, things yet for the rest of the divisions. But – We'll see who comes out on top. Also, check out the recent Justin Fields post. Something we're going to start doing on Instagram is try to incorporate our voices on the podcast into reels. So definitely be checking that out and hear Roman's Justin Fields hot take if you were not listening last week. But thank you for listening to the Men Hoodies podcast. It is very late at night. Thank you for listening all the way through, and we will see you next episode. Yeah, the water chose me.